behind the scenes. And thank God for those Christians who are called by the Lord to do work behind the scenes and they love it. Many people do not realize this, but what what made Joel Osteen, I do not agree with Joel Osteen on some things, but what made him so scintillating as a uh, heir to his dad's ministry is because he was so humble. Uh, he enjoyed just serving behind the scenes, behind the cameras. and uh, videotapes and he just wanted the ministry to go on and so God raised him up never really trained to be a preacher never really wanted to be a preacher and he thought his dad was going to be there for a while but his dad suddenly suddenly died and uh, he went on to serve the Lord and he's more popular than his dad ever was. God will raise you up if you would humble yourself and wait. Uh, people like Dr. John McNeil, he'll preach it to you. But he'll look at you and can tell that you're not going to listen. And he'll, he'll let you go your way until you learn it the hard way. Uh, Dr. John McNeil Jr. does not waste time. Dealing with people who are not who, who who are not listening and who will not do what he tells them, and he realizes most people are that way, and so there are people here tonight, there are people out there tonight who they won't hear that, that you must be patient, you must wait on the Lord until He says, go, and uh, you need to be humble. And, and and let me tell you something, uh, until you learn the lessons that he wants you to learn, you're not going anywhere for God. You've got to learn how to love the process. And be faithful in it, be glad in it, be content in it, until God moves you on up a little higher if he chooses to do so. And God expects you to be content if he chooses not for you to do so. So some of you right now are in, are in a holding pattern. You're mad as the devil about it. You're mad at the coronavirus play that you helped bring on. That you brought on with your hypocrisy, your disrespect of God in the church and outside of the church, your whoredom and your whoremongering around. But you're mad at the coronavirus. I'm talking about I hate the coronavirus plague. But you didn't hate it when you were sinning against God. And yet masquerading as a preacher. You didn't hate it when you had several side pieces. But yet you were a preacher and a pastor's wife. You didn't hate it when you were a cougar. In the church. 
gobbling up the young men to the point where the young women who needed a man couldn't get one because you were horn around with them. Pastor's wife, Jezebel, and Ahab, they still in the church today. You notice how God did not mention, Jesus did not mention Ahab in the book of Revelation because Jezebel gobbled him up like most of you men are chewed up and gobbled up and spit out. Don't let me get started. I'm already ready to go. Anyway, my beloved, when I survey the wondrous cross, Holy Week 2022, message number five, uh, as many of you know, I was here earlier this morning, 61 years old by the grace of God and still going on strong. God has already told me that I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. And uh, uh, I have finished my course. Or my assignment that he, the main assignment I believe that he gave me uh, in my lifetime. If you will walk with the Lord, God has something for you to do specifically in the world. He is not going to let you do it unless you walk with him. That means, walking with the Lord means being obedient to him. Not running in front of him. I had to, uh, years ago, uh, my, my wife and her pride and rebelliousness, when we would go walking, she would just try to outwalk me. <laughs> and I would have to get on her case, no, 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 hold on now, I'm the leader here. You walk at my pace. You understand what I'm saying? And slightly behind, right up here, right up in here. Okay. I, I, I need to see you out the corner of my eye, <clears throat> but slightly behind out of respect and deference for me. And, 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 and this was a thing for a little while there. She, she would intentionally uh, get up there and kind of walk ahead of me a little bit, you know, seeing what I'm going to say. And I say what I needed to say, get behind, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> Uh, look at some of you people. You, yeah. I, I wouldn't say that. that. That's why you're not married. You're divorced. Okay, shut up. I said it and I mean it. I don't care about what you got to say. We still married. My wife right here helping me in the services right now. <clears throat> How you doing? I was all right now. Don't get ahead of me. I'm in charge here. You you slightly walk behind. I listen a little bit. One step. It's a matter of deference. Matter of respect. Always remember now the king, the queen, the, the leader, they define how you're going to address them. God has done that for all of us. See, when you when you are the leader, God has made you the leader of something. 
you tell your subjects how they are going to address you and follow you and so forth and, and, and so forth and so on. For example, if you meet the Queen of England and she does not reach out her hand, you don't reach out your hand. You don't touch her like Michelle did. Like she's a sister girl. But anyway, don't get ahead of the Lord, people. That's the point of my illustration with my wife. I didn't mind the children when they were walking with us, kind of running around and things. That didn't bother me. My, but it was my wife who uh, would try to usurp my authority by walking ahead of me. And I said, no, no, no. Uh, and, and when she would try, I said, ah, ah, So you think I'm crazy, but that's all right. We're still together after 34 years, by the grace of God. And neither one of us are thinking about going anywhere. Uh, so, you know, eat your heart out. Where's your husband at? You walked ahead of him, that's what happened. And you divorced him. And you tried to embarrass him. But he's probably getting the last laugh. Anyway, Turn in your Bibles to John 19. Please stand for the reading of God's Holy Word. As we go down to uh, chapter 19. Verse 12. Everybody standing, if you can. Uh, remember now, I read this entire passage on Sunday evening, and oh, what a time we had in the Word. When I survey the wondrous cross. And from thenceforth, Pilate sought to release him, Jesus. But the Jews cried out, saying, If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Politics raising his ugly head, Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. And it was the preparation of the Passover. By the way, I'm already eating some Passover resurrection Good Friday food. I recommend that you do the same. This is not a week to fast. You can fast if you want to, but this is a week of celebration. Because of what Jesus did for us. 
and you need to give him praise and to celebrate. One of Cool and the Gang's greatest hits was Celebration. People who are truly born again, who are saved and understand that, they celebrate more than anybody on earth. They have a spirit of celebration. I'm telling you the truth, I lie not. I walked into a place of business one day and the one of the uh, chief workers there uh, told me he, he doesn't know me. The person does not know me. He said, I can just look at your face and tell you will find a reason to celebrate it. I said, you got me right. You got that right. My wife and children know I believe in celebration. I believe in working hard, getting things done, getting the job done, fighting the battle. But after all of that, I believe in celebration. And I think that once you get to heaven, you're going to understand the party is going to be on. Those of you who are saved and you have fought the battle for the Lord, it's going to be celebration time. And it was the preparation of the Passover and about the sixth hour. And he saith unto the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar, the chief politician. Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified, and they took Jesus and led him away. And he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two other with him on either side, one and Jesus in the midst. And Pilate and Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross and the writing was Jesus of Nazareth the King of the Jews this title then read many of the Jews for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city and it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, what a day. I praise you and thank you for giving us a productive day. 
it was not an easy day, but a productive day. Uh, thank you for the earlier service this morning. And thank you for all that you did in that service that helped prepare us for now. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that as we come before your throne of grace tonight during Holy Week, Lord, help us to remember that you sent your Holy Son to suffer, bleed, and die on the cross for our sins. So, Lord, help each and every one of us to individually, collectively, Lord, confess our sins unto you for those of us who are saved. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our sins as we from our hearts, our minds, by your grace, Lord, forgive those who have sinned against us. And Lord, as the old saints used to say, let charity begin at home. We cannot make it being unforgiven and we cannot make it without forgiving others. And so, Lord, help people uh, in this Holy Week to get their own heart right with you, for it is me, it is me, it is me, O oh Lord, as the saints used to sing back in the day, standing in the need of prayer. And so, Holy Father God, wash and cleanse our hearts and minds, souls, spirits, and consciences in the precious blood of Christ. That was shed on the cross some 2,000 years ago. Make us, Lord, to be whiter than snow on the inside. Lord, help every saint of God get cleaned up. Help every Christian confess all of their sins and repent. And not hold on to anything. Lord, help uh, people who claim to be saved to stop waiting for the plague to end before they go back into their sin, as so many are doing. And Lord, I pray that you would crush and crucify our flesh and the old man within us and fill us all afresh and anew with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty of your Holy Spirit. And Holy Father God, I pray that you would rebuke and bind our enemy, the devil, his demons and his hosts. Lord, from this time together around your Holy Word, during Holy Week, and Holy Father God, give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And Holy Father God, I'm well aware that we have been taught in 
Bible college and in seminary, not to pray long in the pulpit, not to preach too long in the pulpit. We're supposed to package it just right, like we're selling something. But, Lord, I cannot imagine a place more fit for prayer than right before the preaching. And and I thank you for leading me always to preach, or rather to pray like I do before I preach. And, Holy Father God, I do pray that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the the satanic demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias. Uh, Yes, Lord, I know there are many of uh, people who claim to know you as Savior who don't like this kind of praying for some strange reason, but they have demons. They have demons in their own family, as do I. Why would not the devil be surrounding me? And I've been preaching the gospel nearly every day uh, for going on seven years, I think. Why would he not attack me when I lead my family and our staff to pray without ceasing throughout the day? Uh, We even have alarms and chimes that go off to remind us it's time to pray. He hates prayer. And Lord, even after this service tonight, uh, we'll be out passing out gospel tracts. Why would the, the devil not send a Judas or two against me? And Demas's and sand ballots and Tobias's. Why would the devil not attack us when souls are hearing the gospel every day all around the world and souls are getting saved? And so, Lord, help people to realize that all of this is real. Holy Week is real. Sad to say, one of the most popular articles on one of our uh, Christian news publications is an article about Jesus Christ is real. That, to me, is so sad that that is the most popular article. Because, and, they, and they like it because they're using other historical uh, resources uh, besides the New Testament. And so, Holy Father God, help your people to realize that everything in the Bible is true. Everything in the Bible is real, including the warning that we as Christians should be sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful. In fact, Lord, uh, you reminded me of your Holy Word earlier today while we were praying and some were sleepy. 
And in the prayer, I, I prayed what you said. Can you not pray with me one hour? And then I remembered your words where you said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so, Holy Father God, I pray publicly tonight as I have been praying for 34 years privately. Once again, I pray, Lord, for the salvation of my wife, Marika White. I pray that you would open her blinded eyes and stop her deaf ears and save her soul and save other people in my family as well. She's not the only one religious but lost, I do believe. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ until she truly gets saved, I pray that you'll cast at the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic, demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, Tobias, out of her life. Lord, give her a meek and quiet spirit, not only a quiet mouth. And uh, Lord, I pray the same for all of my children. Uh, who all of them have a certain degree of that in them. Pharaoh-styled Jamaican pride, which is very dangerous. And uh, uh, would rather go to hell than to change. And Lord, uh, and so many have had that Jamaican-style Pharaohistic pride and have gone to hell uh, instead of repenting and getting saved and changing. Uh, her aunt Cynthia is the same way. Religious, faithful, uh, as far as working in the church, but lost. As you know, Sammy Madison, one of the nicest men who's a hundred times nicer than I am called her Lady Macbeth because she tried to hinder us as he and I were pastoring together. And so Lord save her soul. Open blinded eyes, unstop deaf ears. All of her family are divorced and broken up and everything else. And uh, she's, she has been married the longest by your grace and by your using me to help her. Uh, and uh, it's only by your grace that we are still together. And uh, I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. Lord, I pray that through this prayer Lost souls would come to know your Savior. Christians would be revived. Your holy name would be glorified. Sometimes, Lord, you'll use a preacher and his family uh, as a proverb to others so that because of how you use us and humble us and break us and make us 
thousands of others realize they're going through the same thing. Something is not right. So open their blinded eyes as well and stop their deaf ears. And Lord, help people in the church get saved tonight. Get saved during Holy Week. They talk a good game. They're religious, but they're lost. Help the women who want to act like they're so embarrassed for my wife and are saying, I wouldn't uh, let him say those things about me. Uh, Help them to realize that they're saying those things while they're sitting in the bed getting ready to get in a curled up fetal position because they ran away their husband and they're separated or divorced or never have been married. These are they who say such ignorant things when they didn't do it right to themselves. I thank you, Lord, that my wife is still here uh, with me. Uh, and uh, you know I love her, and she knows it. And love is a many splendid thing. It's not always a date night or some flowers. It's telling the person you love the truth that they need to confess their sins and they need to repent. They need to get saved so that they can live saved and not try to fake like they are saved. It's a miserable life. And so, Lord, I pray by extension for all spouses who are religious, going through the motions, and are not saved. In the church, this Holy Week, this Good Friday, this Easter, religious but lost. I believe that's the biggest problem in the church today. Lord, people who are saying they're saved and they have never been saved, they're terrorists in the church, terrorists. And at the bottom of every problem, at the bottom of every issue in the church, we'll find these terrorists. And so open blinded eyes in the church, unstop deaf ears in the church, and save those who are lost in the church, Lord, during this holy week. Revive those who are truly saved, and those who are truly saved, and they know that something is wrong somewhere with certain family members. They act like they're demon-possessed. They're always trying to cause a problem when it's time for family devotions, when it's time to pray, when it's time to read the Bible. They have no real interest in it at home. They only want to show out and show off in public. They're hypocrites, they're phonies, they're quite different at home, uh, but they're, they're different again in front of other so-called Christians, and they put on the dog, and they masquerade as Christians. And in fact, some of us don't even recognize these people at church. And so, Holy Father God, save those who are lost, revive those who are saved. Give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. 
Lord, tonight, no wonder you told us to pray without ceasing. No wonder, Lord Jesus Christ, you gave us a parable to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. No wonder you said continue instant in prayer. We must do that because the devil is constantly seeking to get in and do destruction and to devour us. And he will always go through the weakest link or links to try to hinder your gospel from going forward. And so, Lord, save those who are lost, revive those who are saved. Help us to glorify your holy name. Lead us to do that. Help us to lift up your holy son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And, Lord, help people who are in the church to stop playing church, for we're suffering for our hypocrisy to this very day. Coming up upon officially over one million people dead in America, which we all know is more like two to three million people in America alone who have died from the coronavirus plague. And at the same time, we're living in a day and time where uh, we could be hit with a nuclear weapon at any time. So, Lord, uh, help us to get sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful real quick. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, and for his sake, amen. You may be seated. Let me see, be seated. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus Dr. Andrew Murray, a man I read quite a bit when I was a young Christian. Sometimes I got him, sometimes I didn't. Sometimes he hit a home run with me and sometimes not. Allow me to, before I... uh, get into what he said, allow me to share those famous words again that God made famous. Some believe it is the number one hymn of all time. When I survey the wondrous cross, when I survey the wondrous cross, on which the Prince of Glory died. My richest gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did ever such love and sorrow meet? 
or thorns compose so rich a crown? Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were an offering far too small? Did you get that? Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Throughout our Christian lives, especially if God has called you uh, to preach their turning points, and believe it or not, this hymn was a turning point in my life when I first heard it. It did something in me that has never left me. And every time I hear that, that hymn, or when we sing that hymn, it continues to do something in my heart, and in my life, and in my mind, in my soul, and in my spirit. The words are out of this world and honors God and Christ, and Christ and God so much. So it's fitting to title this series, When I Survey the Wondrous. Don't forget that word, wondrous. That's, that's a word that goes everywhere. when I survey that wondrous cross. That word survey uh, blew my mind. Uh, let me see that word survey. It blew my mind. It blows my mind today. Many of us who have been to college, by the grace of God, we ran into the word survey because some of our courses, particularly in Christian colleges and seminaries, they will call it a survey of the New Testament or a survey of the Old Testament. I remember taking a survey of the Old Testament at one of my undergraduate colleges. Very insightful. That's where I learned the word hubris which is still a big problem in the church, rooted in pride, stubbornness, arrogancy, which happened, which has caused many, many powerful preachers, even recently, to fall. Hubris. If hubris can bring down David, hubris uh, will bring you down. See, when you, see, hubris is when you get so proud and full of yourself that you think you can do anything and 
God loves you so much and you're so special that he's going to let you get away with it. That's stupid thinking, by the way. Survey of a person or their eyes look carefully and thoroughly at someone or something. That's when you want to survey something. So where this man got the word survey from, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. survey of a person or their eyes look carefully and thoroughly at someone or something, especially so as to appraise it or them. When I survey the wondrous cross, you need to survey the wondrous cross today. If you've never done so, if you are religious and lost, religious, you're a churchgoer, you work in the church, you work hard. I was telling you about, I was praying about, and I mentioned my wife's aunt Cynthia. She used to be a church member of mine. And you had to really do be a bad person to upset my associate pastor, uh, Sammy Madison, the most loving, kindest gentleman, last of the great black gentlemen. And, and unlike me, a romantic. He was a romantic. And he had a good wife, and they loved each other, and they were just a good man. And God used him to help me in the ministry mightily. I stand on his uh, shoulders. Uh, but now, he had a problem with Miss Cynthia, because Cynthia was the most dutiful, most faithful person in the church. And she, he had to handle her before I would have to handle her. Because mine would have been much rougher. So, so I told her, you, you handle her and keep her at bay. Because she was, she was punctual. First one there, last one to leave. But kept up more hell in the church than anybody her and her cohort, who was a sweetheart, but she was corrupted by her. Brother Sammy Madison, the nicest man you'll ever want to meet, most loving, kindest gentleman you'll ever want to meet, called her Lady Macbeth. That, that, that's, that's exactly right. 
and I mean, we sat down around the table discussing church issues and problems. She always came up and he referred to her. Well, Lady Macbeth said that. Lady Macbeth told Charlotte that. Dutiful, faithful in tithing and giving, special offerings, there before everybody else, left out there everybody, and had a smile, and, 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 and I believe she was blinded to the fact that she was Lady Macbeth. Full of hell and the devil and keeping up some mess and always ran with people who were troublemakers. I'm not mad at her because I didn't have to deal with her. I, I, I would have put her in a place in a heartbeat. And I was I was the pastor, but I was much younger than him. I was much younger than her. And so I, you know, I showed respect. But he put it with a whole lot dealing with her. And she just kept mess going on. What I'm saying to you people, those of you who are in the church, and you think you're saved, you need to examine yourself and see whether or not you are in the faith during Holy Week. Because giving money, working in the church, being dutiful, being punctual, and all of that is not going to get it. As far as salvation is concerned. And my wife, Marika White, who is here with me tonight, has a lot of that in her. And many of you do as well. God's going to take care of our situation. You, you need to get uh, help uh, uh, pray to God to help you take care of your situation. You need to examine yourself and see whether or not you're saved. Now, let me help you. You cannot call yourself saved if you're still living in sin and you're still rebellious and you're still stubborn and you're still proud and you, you don't see anything wrong with it. It does not bother you. There's something wrong somewhere if sin does not bother you. So on this Holy Week, uh, we're praying for all people to get saved. People in the church and outside of the church. Dr. Andrew Murray said salvation comes through a cross and a crucified Christ. My family and I were out the other day. We passed by a sign that said, uh, Move over, bunny. It's not about the bunny. It's about the lamb. It caught my eye because I had never heard that before. i never seen that before. But isn't it interesting? Now, a lamb is very beautiful and very cute. But yet, the devil wanted to bring up a bunny. Why not a, why, why not a lamb? 
I can I can get with that. The Lamb of God. And Lamb is very beautiful and cute and pure. But yet, we got folks all over the country going after the money. That's the devil for you. Bunnies and eggs. I don't know how that works. I don't know where we got that from. Come straight from the devil and hell. The devil uses that to distract people. Where it's all about an egg, which I don't see how that has anything to do with the gospel. And a bunny. A bunny rabbit. When it should be about the lamb. The lamb of God, Jesus Christ. For John the Baptist announced him. When he said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. Do you know the Lamb of God? And so, beloved, in our last few messages in this series, we looked at how Pilate handed Jesus over for execution in acquiescence to politics and to the demands of the political Jews despite finding no fault in him. As we continue giving you background knowledge and information from the BKC, Pilate's answer, what I have written, I have written, completes a series of amazing, amazing utterances by Pilate. Amazing. Out of this world. Let me tell you something. Jesus impressed Pilate very much. Just his presence. The fact that he would not answer him. It shook him up. I said the other night, and I'll say again, it would be wonderful for Denzel, who's a master actor to play pilot. Can you imagine Denzel playing pilot in this scene? You won't talk to me? You're not going to talk to me, man? Don't you know who I am? I can't do it like him. Irony was also shown by John who recognized that Pilate wrote those words, but that God wanted his son to die with this proclamation on his cross. This was an amazing moment. And, 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 and what, what, what Pilate said is out of this world. The words, in another sense, are a fitting judgment on the life of Pilate. He had played his part in history and had his moment of truth. He looked God in the face. Emmanuel, God with us. And he was so moved, he was shook up. He was 
out of his mind. He said repeatedly, I find no fault in this man. When he heard that he called himself the Son of God, deep down on the inside, Pilate knew something was special about this man. And he was all shook up. He tried to release him. He, a Gentile, would be judged accordingly by the king of the Jews. No doubt he had heard about his miracles. The soldiers' activity in stripping Jesus naked before the world and dividing his clothes was part of the customary cruelty of those times. Clothes were handmade and therefore expensive in comparison with clothes today that are mass-produced. The executioners received the pieces as their due. The seamless tunic undergarment may be significant as the type of garment which the high priest wore. Yet John did not expound on this point. John saw the significance in the fulfillment of Psalm 22:18, in which the poetic parallelism, go ahead, in that verse was fulfilled in two separate acts. A, they divided my garments, and B, they cast lots for my clothing. Clothing, that means they, they were shooting dice. that Jesus died naked was part of the shame which he bore for our sins. And for most people, that's the height of the crucifixion right there. Just being naked before the world and shamed and humiliated. Jesus went through that for you and me because of our ugly sins that we've committed, naked, being with people that we have no business being with, ungodliness. Yes, all not, not just sin, the sins of lying and the sins of stealing and murdering people, but the, the wicked sins that have been committed in the black and dark night. May God have mercy upon all of our souls. Uh -huh. Things that we think are hidden. And you better be praying that they stay hidden. And only, and only God can keep them hidden. You better get your heart right with the Lord and get saved. If you're a child of God, you need to repent. And in other words, get your heart right with the Lord. Uh, 
some of you who are saved, you know you're saved, and you still got side pieces, you still creeping. The devil is a lie. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. God, but God sees you. Mm -hmm. We have some cameras as security, and you can walk in the black and dark night, but they can see you. The camera can see you. If the camera can see you, clear as day, almost better than when the light is on, you know God can see you in the black and dark night, creeping. And some pastors using the church van to creep. I'm just going to check on Sister Sylvia. No, no, he's not. Done. Why are you at night? Why are you creeping at night? Why are you going over that night? In the church van, you liar. The devil is a lie. In the black and dark night, so many sins have been committed. Maybe your wife didn't see you, but God saw you. Maybe your husband didn't see you, but God saw you. And we have people, even in the coronavirus plague, risking their lives to creep. Creeping with a mask on. And yet, supposed to be a preacher, a pastor's wife, so-called church leader, which I hope y'all get rid of that. Is if anything, if anything, you're a church minister. If you must call yourself something, but as far as I'm concerned, as far as God is concerned. You're not reverend nothing. You're not bishop nothing. You're not evangelist nothing. You're not prophet nothing. It's not about the title. It's about the job. Do the job, man. And your name is John. Your name is Derek. You don't need a title in front of your name. If someone wants to call you something, that's their business. But they, that, you don't, that does not mean anything. At the same time, he is the last Adam who provides clothes of righteousness for sinners like you and me because uh, we, we are naked in the sense that we know that we have sinned against God and we're exposed before God Almighty and Jesus Christ came, suffered, bled, and died on the cross for our sins as the Lamb of God, not the rabbit. No rabbit, no, no, no doggone rabbit, man. Not a, a egg. The Lamb of God, pure and innocent and holy and righteous, never sinned in word, thought, or deed, helped everybody who needed help, raised the dead, walked on the water, told the waves of the sea to sit down, 
and the wind to be quiet by saying, Peace be still. And they obeyed him. Never did anything wrong. Suffered, bled, and died for your sins and for mine when I survey the wondrous cross. In which the Prince of Glory died. And so, beloved, as we come to a close in stark contrast with the cruelty and indifference of the soldiers, a group of four women watched with love and grief all at the same time. The anguish of Jesus' mother fulfilled a prophecy of Simeon a sword will pierce your own soul too. You will watch your son. That God gave you as a virgin. The things you kept in your heart. One of the greatest women, if not the greatest woman in history. You will watch your son die for your sins and for the sins of the world. Seeing her sorrow, Jesus honored his mother on the cross by consigning her into the care of his faithful disciple, John, the only one left there. Peter denied him three times. The great Peter, the chief disciple, denied Jesus Christ three times. Judas had betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. The others fled and left him alone. But Mary was there at the birth of Jesus, and Mary was there at the death of Jesus, and she had a girlfriend with her. I can assure you that Mary told them, you, something's getting ready to happen here, so you stick with me. His brothers and sisters being in Galilee were not in a position to care for or comfort her. And I don't know where Joseph was at this time. The words of Jesus to Mary and the beloved disciple John were his third saying from the cross. While he was dying, while he was taking care of the business that God sent him to take care of, While he was dying on the cross for our sins, he honored his mother, and she was worthy to be honored. The first one recorded by John, that is, first saying, 
In the other Gospels, Jesus had already given a respite to the Roman executioners and a pardon to one thief. Jesus' fourth of seven sayings from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He had never been forsaken by God before, but because he was made sin, God had to forsake him temporarily, had to turn his back on his son, because God cannot look on sin. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God. He didn't say the rabbit. I can't even say the rabbit of, uh, I can't say it. I can't fix my mouth to say the rabbit of, uh, I can't say it. That's the devil's child, the rabbit. Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. All of our sin. Yes, all of the sin in the black and dark night. Sin we, com- we, we committed repeatedly. See, it's not just, just a few sins in our lives. Thousands, millions of sins in our lives Jesus paid for. He paid it. The songwriter said he paid it all. All to him we owe. This saying is not recorded by John. John recorded the fifth saying, I am thirsty. The wording in John 19.28 indicated that Jesus was fully conscious and was aware of fulfilling the details of prophecies. Now I can stay there all night. While, while, while Jesus was dying for the sins of the world, he took care of his mother, honored his mother. He was leaving. He was the oldest son. That's what oldest sons do. It's just in them. If, they, if you have any decency about you, if her husband's not around, whatever, he's the one that's going to make sure she's taken care of. He honored her and took care of her from the cross and he was mindful of the other prophecies that have to be fulfilled before he gave up the ghost because you couldn't take it Pilate (laughs) or nobody else or anybody else rather the paradox of the one who is the water of life Dying in thirst is striking, giving him wine vinegar, a sour wine, fulfilled Psalm 69:21. Putting the vinegar-soaked sponge on the end of a hyssop plant stalk seems odd. Perhaps this detail points to Jesus dying as the true lamb at Passover. 
my, 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 my. When a black preacher says, my, 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 then he wants you to pay attention to that. This is deep. See, see, I, I, I know that preachers have been trained to try to limit things and package things. See, you, you can't rush through this stuff. And I thank God that God has put me in a position where I don't have to rush through this. If you need to go somewhere, you go ahead. For hyssop was used in the Passover ceremonies. My, my, my. The sixth word or saying that Jesus spoke from the cross. When I survey the wondrous cross was the single Greek word to tell lestol, to tell lestai, rather, which means it is finished. In other words, Jesus was saying, my job is done here. Huh? He said, it is finished. I have fulfilled all the prophecies. I did everything my Father God has told me to do. I died. I shed my innocent blood for the sins of the world. By God's power, my Father's power, I am the Lamb of God. And I have the privilege to suffer, bleed, and die for the sins of the world when I survey the wondrous cross. By God's power, I did it. It is finished. I'm done here. Papyri receipts for taxes have been recovered with the word to tell Lestai. Written across them, meaning paid in full. Glory be to God. Paid in full. We all know that good feeling when someone gives us a receipt and they stamp it paid in full. It was over. Jesus Christ paid it all. What? Our sin debt that we owe God with the millions and trillions of sins that we have willingly sometimes unknowingly committed against God Almighty, the breaking of uh, all of the commandments, and then going beyond the pale in sinning in uh, abominable ways, paid in full. 
it is finished. This job is done. This word on Jesus' lips was significant. When he said, it is finished, he didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. When I surveyed the wondrous cross. He meant his redemptive work was completed. This job of redemption is done. He had been made sin for people and had suffered the penalty of God's justice which sin deserved. May God help us. And he did help us by allowing his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. When I survey the wondrous cross. Even in the moment of his death, Jesus Christ remained the one who gave up his life. He bowed his head, giving his seventh, saying, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And because Jesus died for our sins voluntarily and gave up the ghost himself, by saying, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit one day. Because if you believe in Jesus Christ, you can say something similar. And God will receive you on up into heaven. Because you believed in his son, Jesus Christ, who said, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And then dismissed his spirit. He gave up the ghost. Now, Mother Bree Love and them, Mother Tempe and them, and Mother Gladys Beeman and them, they emphasize, they were King James people, they emphasized the Holy Ghost back in the day. That's what they call, and that's what spooked many of us. The Holy, what are you saying? The Holy Ghost, he gave up the ghost. This differs from the normal process in death by crucifixion in which the life spirit would ebb away slowly and then the head would slump forward. And the reason why It was different is because Jesus Christ is the Prince of Glory. He's Emmanuel, God with us. And my, my, my dear friend, you need to get to know him as Savior. As we survey the wondrous cross on which the Son of God died, let us look at what we can learn about 
the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ for our soul's salvation. And my question tonight is, do you know him? Have you received him into your heart? Do you believe in him? If you have not, first, dear friend, look at the fact that you are a sinner. Understand that you are a sinner. And that you have broken God's law. So has all popes. So have all bishops. So has the Dalai Lama. So has the Queen of England. So has even Joel Osteen. And of course yours truly. We all have sinned against God Almighty. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have all told lies. Let's tell the truth and shame the devil. We have all stolen things. We have all lusted in our hearts after people and things, been envious of other people, wanting what they have, coveting. We have all committed the sins of lust, stealing, robbing. Some of us have even robbed God. We've committed the sins of not honoring our parents, not respecting our parents, and still thinking that we're going to prosper in life. You will not. We have dishonored God by taking his name in vain. You know you're lying, but you're bringing God into your lie by swearing and affirming that you did not do something when you know you did. And on, I, and, on, and on I can go with the sins, adultery, having sex outside of marriage, murder, homosexuality, and many other sins, and did them repeatedly over and over and over again. And some people live a lie. Second, Accept the fact, dear friend, that there is a penalty for sin. There is a punishment for sin all day long. We all know it. The Bible states in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. Sin must be punished. Somebody is going to pay for the sin. Either you're going to pay for it, or you're going to let... Uh, you're going to believe in Jesus Christ who has already paid for your sins. That's why Holy Week is so significant. <clears throat> this is the most important week in the history of the world.
the wages of sin is death. Now let me help you understand something. You're going to die. And if God would allow you to die from this beautiful greenish, bluish, whitish earth hanging on nothing but the power of God, then he would allow you to go to hell. And God wants you to understand that. See, death ought to make you understand that God and Jesus are very serious. I know you think and you have been deceived by false prophets and false pastors into thinking that God is some uh, old man upstairs so loving that he will not punish you. That is not the God of the Bible. That's the God of a false pastor and a false prophet and a false preacher, my friends. Everything God said he meant. And God does not play. These are things that God and Jesus don't do. They don't play <clears throat> about what they say. So understand now, if God would allow you to be punished with death, where you cease to exist on this ball called earth, hanging on nothing but the hand of God, God will allow you to go to hell and spend eternity in hell if you reject his son, Jesus Christ, when I survey the wondrous cross. Now you see the importance of the cross. Even for you people who are in the church, and you're trembling in your soul and spirit right now because you know you're not saved, it's all been an act. A masquerade. Sin does not bother you at all. But you serve in the church. But you can commit sin at the drop of a hat does not bother. Let me tell you something. People who say sin bothers them now. It didn't bother them before they got saved. But once they got saved, sin bothers the Christian. That's a sign to you. That you are saved when sin troubles you. you. You don't even want to have an evil thought. You don't want to watch certain things because you're saved now. And it bothers you. If, if God will allow you to die from this earth, he will allow you to, to go to hell to spend eternity if you do not believe in his son, Jesus Christ. When I survey the wonders cause, Jesus Christ died for you and he died for me. Third, dear friend, accept the fact that you are on the road to hell. If you do not believe in Jesus Christ who died on the cross. Jesus Christ said in Mark 9.43-48. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. This is, this is the sermon that Jesus preached. By the way, Jesus Christ preached more on hell than all the prophets of the Bible. All the writers in the Bible. And all the apostles in the Bible. He was... God is very loving. Jesus Christ is very loving the most. He is walking love, but he was also a hellfire and brimstone preacher to this day. 
And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. Jesus is showing people in this sermon how that he preached that hell is a terrible place. It is so bad, it's better for you to, if you got a problem with a sinning hand or a sinning foot or a sinning wandering eye, it's better to cut it off or pluck it out and go to and believe in me and go to heaven than to go to hell with both feet, both hands, and two eyes. You think Jesus Christ is playing? No, no. We just surveyed the wonders cross. You think he's playing? Do you think Jesus Christ is playing, man? Are you crazy? He gave up his holy and pure life for you and for me. Cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed with an amputated uh, foot or amputated hand than having two hands to go into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Now, he's, he talks about the fire not being quenched twice in each point. This is a three-point message. So, the fire in hell is real. You don't need to sit down and to, I wonder what the fire means in hell. It means fire and fire burns. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life where, you know, uh, you, you're living because you, your foot is amputated. Halt into life. Then having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, plug it out. You like to lust after fine women, and lust after men with an evil eye? Plug it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell of fire where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. You think Jesus is playing? Jesus, you've never seen Jesus play. You don't know anything about Jesus playing. God does not play. And he preached plainly like this because he's not trying to just to to to, uh, to to scare you. He's not playing a game of you know. Maybe if I tell them they're going to a place called hell, they'll go ahead on and get saved. That'll push them to get saved. And but and, but really, there's no hell. And and uh, uh, like Rod Bell talks about how everybody's going to heaven. Everybody ain't going to heaven. You can't. God can't do that. He won't do that. There's some things that God can do. He's not going to let wicked, evil, devilish people who are demon-possessed into his heaven unless they go through the blood of Jesus Christ and get saved.
hell is bad news. Hell is bad. Hell is sad. Hell is bad news, but I have some good news for you. Jesus Christ, who preached the bad news, which most preachers today never preach the bad news. They always want to tickle people's ears. They want you to keep on giving that money and have your behind in those seats. But Jesus did it the way it should be done, as always. He preached the bad news, but he also preached the good news to get you out of the bad news. The bad news is hell. Jesus Christ gave the good news and preached the good news by saying the most wonderful, most loving, most important words ever said in the history of the world to mankind. He preached one night, for God so loved the world, God so loved the world, he gave the history of the gospel. It begins with God loving you and having mercy upon you and me. That he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, making him into what John the Baptist called the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world. When I survey the wondrous cross, that's what we're talking about. That whosoever, the word whosoever is an amazing word. It means anybody at any time, red, yellow, black, or white, we're all precious in God's sight, no matter what you have done, no matter how dirty and filthy <coughs> you are, even a murderer, a robber, a homosexual, a fornicator, a whoremonger, A whore. That's right, a whoremonger like me. That's right. Yeah, it shocks you, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. But uh, that's the truth. Uh, that was my main sin back in the day. Whoremongering. And so therefore, just like a murderer who killed somebody back in the day, he's still a murderer. I guess I'm still a whoremonger. However, I used to do it. And if it were not for the grace of God, I would do it now. Oh, that shocks you. I know you sweet uh, fake evangelicals. You fake church folk. And you doing it. I'm not doing that right now because I fear God. I, I like being blessed. And I like the favor of God. And I like the privileges that God gives me. And I don't like pain. And I've been chastised by God before as a young Christian. I, want, I don't want any parts of that. So you see yourself in the scripture. Don't worry about me. I told you I was a sinner. Anybody who wants to get saved can get saved tonight and tomorrow, Good Friday, is not promised to you. Nor is Easter. Don't wait for Easter or Resurrection Sunday. You may die Saturday. The rapture may take place tonight. 
that whosoever believeth in him, Jesus Christ, would I survey the wondrous cross. That whosoever believeth in him, in Jesus Christ, not in Moses, not in Aristotle, not in Shakespeare, not in Plato, not even in Isaiah, Malachi, Paul, anybody else, in him, Jesus Christ, when I survey the wondrous cross, nobody else was there but him. He died for the sins of the world, the God-man, by himself. Should not perish, that is, will not go to hell, to the, where there's hell fire, but have everlasting life. You'll have the joy and the privilege to go to heaven to be with God and Jesus Christ and the people of God and the angels. And guess what? God has given me the liberty to say this to you. He wants you there more than you want to be there. So be there or be square. Do you hear me? God wants you in heaven now. He, he's, he, he wants you to get saved more than you want to get saved. That's, that's how that is. So believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, my dear friend. Just believe in your heart. Just have faith in Jesus Christ. Believe in his words. He said these words. This, he, he, he preached the bad news and he preached the good news to you. It's not my words. It's his words. Believe in him and you will be saved from hell. Just believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried, and rose from the dead. He suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins. Was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God for you so that you can live forever, eternally with him. Pray and ask him to come into your heart to save your soul today, and he will do it. God has never failed. He wants you to be saved more than you want to be saved. He knows you feel dirty. He knows you feel guilty. He knows you want to try to work your way to heaven, but you can't. So don't try. Just believe. Humble yourself and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 9 and 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. <coughs> Pardon me. For whosoever, there's that word again, whosoever means anybody at any time, red, yellow, black, and white, we're all precious in God's sight, shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. I emphasize that because no one ever told me I was going to hell in church two and three times a day on Sunday. Grew up in church. No one ever told me about hell. Nobody. I never heard hell preached. <clears throat> not like you heard it tonight. And so, my beloved, if you believe, 
if you're willing to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ right now, if you have done so, pray with me what is called the sinner's prayer. Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Repeat after me, phrase by phrase, and mean it from your heart. Let's pray together right now the sinner's prayer. Holy Father God in heaven, I admit that I have sinned in your sight awfully and repeatedly. For Jesus Christ's sake who died on the cross for my sins was buried and rose on the third day. Please have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. And please forgive me of all of my sins. As I sincerely believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to truly repent of all of my sins. And help me to turn from my evil life and walk in the new life after you. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he suffered, he bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day by the power of God, allow me to say to you congratulations on doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ Jesus, go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. And dear friend, if you received Jesus Christ into your life, you believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. Please email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com or whatever email is on your platform. For we have some free material that we want to send you that will help you to grow in the faith and be the Christian that God wants you to be. And we can rejoice uh, in the fact that you got saved as well. If you have a prayer request, please email that to us as well, and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Until next time, my beloved, 
God loves you. We love you. And may God bless you real good is my prayer. If the Lord should tarry his coming and we live, we'll be here tomorrow with our annual Good Friday service. And I want you, I want to encourage you. If, if, you, if God led you to fast and pray during this week, that's fine. Keep on doing that if, if God led you to do that. But Good Friday is a day of celebration. I want you to know that. So get you some lamb chops and uh, a good dry red wine and some potatoes and some uh, uh, asparagus and uh, celebrate Good Friday. It was a bad Friday for him, but it was a good Friday for us, and he wants us to celebrate. So let's all stand and close in prayer. Holy Father God, we pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. I don't know how you do it, but you always come through. No human being could do without you what was just done. I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for the power, the unction, the anointing, the freedom, and the liberty of your Holy Ghost. And uh, thank you, Lord, for helping us and allowing us to survey the wondrous cross. It's all about you. It's not about us. But you died for us, even though we're nothing. I give you the glory, praise, and honor. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray. And Lord, help your people as we depart from this place. Lord, uh, to pray without ceasing, to keep their heart and mind stayed on you. And Lord, uh, to get prepared for the Good Friday service tomorrow. Lord, if you want us to take communion, uh, let me know. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for our sake. Amen. God bless you, my dear friends. Until next time, when I survey the wondrous cross.